Hey there, it's Rachel Pontillo. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. My guest today is Jolene Hart, who is a wonderful friend of mine. She's also one of my fellow co-founders of the Nutritional Aesthetics Alliance, and she is the author of the brand new book, Eat Pretty Every Day, which we are going to talk about and I'm so excited to share with you. Jolene and I are similar in that we both struggled with acne for a really long time and we both found the cure, really, the answer to it by using a combination of diet and lifestyle as well as healthy, non-toxic, topical skincare products. So I'm really excited to share her new book with you because it's definitely something that I have recommended to my clients. It's something that I really enjoy having in my own library. So let me introduce you now to Jolene Hart. Hi, Jolene. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It's such a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you. Always a pleasure. We get to chat sometimes for the Nutritional Aesthetics Alliance, but that's always about work. So now I want to make this more about about you and about your wonderful book series, the Eat Pretty book series. You just launched your brand new one, Eat Pretty every day. This is the third in the series. Mm -hmm. And the first two, just to remind our audience, the first one was eat pretty. Mm -hmm. And then the journal, the second one is eat pretty, live well. Am I correct? Well, that's right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So I, I love this series. Um, I love how it looks. I love how it feels. You did such an amazing job with the quality and the content is just so easily digestible. And we're going to get to all of that. But first, what I would love to do, I would love to ask you, I know that you started kind of into this world as a beauty editor. Can you share a little bit about kind of how that experience, as well as your personal experience with skin, brought you to the work that you do today? Yeah, absolutely. My personal experience, as so many people find, is, you know, was really the catalyst and the push to get me into the world where I am today as a health coach. And it certainly, you know, served as the foundation for Eat Pretty and for the whole, you know, philosophy and approach to beauty in that book. So I had struggled with skin issues for nearly a decade. And during my tenure as a beauty editor, found myself in the unique position to have access to just about any product out there. Um, all kinds of experts, derms, facialists, people who said, I have an answer, I have a solution. And, you know, I had really privileged access that I knew 99% of women in the world were not able to have. And yet I still could not find a solution and a resolution to my skin issues. And I just felt you know, if this is the best we can do in, in terms of products and in terms of me as a beauty editor recommending acne treatments and skin calming creams, then there has to be something else out there because it's just not working. And if I can't find a solution with, you know, the, the best and the brightest out there trying to find cures for what's happening in my skin, then how can any other woman who is busy and who doesn't have this as her full-time job? And it also happened to be that I was brought up with a mom who was very holistically minded. She was a nurse. She started a health food co-op when I was a kid. And she had always kind of taught me that food was medicine. When I got to be a certain age and I was pretty self-confident, I thought, you know, that's nothing. I'm going to go to the experts, the true experts, and find out what they say about skin. And it, it took me, you know, years later coming back to what my mom taught me that, Okay, food is medicine. The, the the signs that my skin is giving me are are real reflections of what's going on in my body. Something is off balance. 
And I need to figure that out because no one's figuring it out for me. Right. So, you know, what can I learn here about what's going on? Um, what food has to do with the equation? There's got to be more here that we're not talking about. Absolutely. So then what did you do next? So, you know, it was a, a time in my career when I wasn't feeling like being a, a beauty editor full time was what I wanted to do in the conventional sense. I was looking a lot into natural products, exploring what ingredients did in the body. And I ended up taking a step back and deciding I was just going to write and focus on natural and organic beauty products. Which wasn't really being done no. at that time. <laughs> Certainly not in no. conventional media. Maybe some of right. the smaller blogs were starting. I know, you know, when my blog first started back then, I was writing about this stuff and I was one of, I was one of the first. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we see a ton of it now and that's amazing. That's because of the work of people like you, like me. Thank but you. in yeah. the beauty editor scheme of things, when you're looking at the big magazines that are reaching mass right. market, we're not, we're still not seeing a lot yeah. of that. Well, I think lots of women maybe know and realize now that a lot of what beauty magazines put out there is influenced by who is advertising in yeah. the magazine. And that's a whole other conversation that sure. we could have. But I mean, I agree. I was naive in the fact that I don't think there really was an audience or a market for that information back then. So I did a lot of work on blogs and started my own blog. Mm -hmm. um, but in the same way, just felt like this is not, this can't be, this isn't a sustainable career. And there's, there's something else out there that I'm not quite putting my finger on yet. So because I was a journalist and came from that world, kind of used my connections to start interviewing experts in Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and genomics and dermatology and across the spectrum of, of different modalities, just to try to figure out, you know, what else is there here about skin that we we aren't talking about because I think, you know, products are one aspect of it, but there's a lot here and it was really self-serving for a while. It was just me trying to figure out what I could do to help myself. And that opened a lot of, of doors to information that I felt like women deserve to know and were ready to know. And I knew there were other women out there like yourself doing the same thing because we had to kind of be self-starters and, and really uncover that information for ourselves to help ourselves. You're so right. I mean, you're, you're really lucky that you had access to all of those experts. Right. Me, I had to go back to school. <laughs> I had exactly. to go to, you know, I went to nutrition school. I know you did that too. I went and got my aesthetics license and I went through so much trial and error on my own, yep. you know, way back when I first started having these problems, you know, when, especially when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, you couldn't just Google stuff and you couldn't just no. YouTube stuff. We had to go no. to the library and yeah. get books and from that's the, the thing. catalog. I was always searching for the book. The book. And that was why yes. when I had the opportunity to write Eat Pretty, it was like, this is, this is the, the book. book that I was looking for for yes. so many years. And it wasn't out there. But man, if I just had this book, I think it would have changed the course of things for me. Obviously, that wasn't meant to be, you know, but, but it just is interesting, because we didn't have that Google ability, or the, you know, there's so much more information out there now, which is fantastic. But we're still learning so much. I mean, that's what we do with the NAA. It's, it's we funnel, we and funnel, we, curate, we filter. You know? Yes, I think there's so much out there. There's so much out there. And it's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing mm -hmm. because a lot of these holistic and alternative modalities 
are not anything that we maybe would have been exposed to with the information that is in conventional media. And that is a fact. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was all out there. It was just much harder to find. But yeah. things like online education, that's something that has allowed us to learn so much more. But the flip side of that is that it can be very overwhelming and we, mm-hmm. you know, we try so hard at the NAA to make sure that the information we're providing is all from, you know, accredited and validated sources. Right. But there are a lot of blogs out there, a lot of websites out there, as we've recently mm-hmm. seen with all this fake news scandal that mm-hmm. don't do their fact checking. They're not evidence based. And even if there is a strong opinion out there, you still have to have evidence to support an opinion. I'm I don't subscribe to the fact that you have to have an experiment just to be able to write an opinion, Mm -hmm. but you can't just say something out of thin air and sell it as fact. You have to have some sort of a compilation of other thought processes and empirical evidence to support that. And fortunately, we are starting to see more of that science happening as nutrition and aesthetics and all these other practices begin to converge. Mm-hmm. Science, it's not that science is catching up, it's more that science is just starting to pay more attention to these things that have worked successfully for so many people for thousands of years. Right. And speaking of that, I want to talk about the concept of seasonality mm. because talking about thousands of years old wisdom, that really brings me back to when I was learning about Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. They really teach about the importance of how things shift throughout the cycles of nature and Mm -hmm. how we have different needs nutritionally in every season. And also, of course, depending on our individual constitution and what climate we live in. But the seasonality factor, I think, really is something that everybody can relate to. Because even if you live in a fairly steady climate where the weather doesn't change that much, there certainly are still shifts that you notice season to season. So what I love about Eat Pretty Every Day is that this is not just a book of days mm-hmm. of daily inspirations that you have to start on January 1st and then it's over December 31st. This is something that you've organized by season, right? which is fantastic because whenever you pick it up, You just go to whichever day of the season you happen to be in, and that's where you start. You don't have to worry that you're doing it wrong or that you have to wait for a whole nother cycle to begin. And I would love for you to talk more about why you chose to do it this way. And and like I said, I think that the, the fact that you did it this way is part of what makes this book and your whole Eat Pretty modality so easy to digest. Yeah. I think that that, that's something that it, you know, it wasn't one of the initial kind of like pillars of what I was doing, but as I dug in further, I found so many truths around the importance of not only the cycles of the seasons, but just kind of understanding our body through its own cycles, whether that would be, you know, our, our natural hormonal cycles as women, the cycles of our lives, the different chapters that we have throughout our lives. And paying attention to that, it has so much value and influence on our beauty. But in particular, nutritionally, I felt like that seasonality was something that we had gotten so far away from. And I think in only a few years since Eat Pretty was released, I think that that concept has become really important. And we see we see restaurants that change season to season. I mean, it's almost become a trend kind of thing, but it's really kind of getting back in touch with the wisdom of nature and what nature has to offer. The exact 
you know, concerns of our beauty and the needs of our body season to season, uh, I started to find that the the foods that we were harvesting in that season nutritionally matched so well with the exact needs of our skin and our body. And in a way that wasn't just coincidence, in a way that was, yes, at the height of the summer, we have more sun exposure, we need more hydration, we need more energy. We have, you know, those natural sugar-rich fruits, we have sun-protective foods, we have the water-rich foods that are also diuretics that keep us hydrated and balanced. And and it, season by season, we go through, and it's just amazing how nature is targeting what we need. And it started to be, like you said, it almost, it just makes it easier because not only do you not have to, to learn more and know more, you can just relax into what is fresh, what is being harvested now, get excited about the ingredients that are coming to your market that are, maybe you haven't seen them for a few months or a year. And, and I think that helps at least my clients get excited about cooking and using them because I think we all love that kind of cycle of the year and, and tapping into what's fresh and what tastes good, what's cheaper and what's nutrient dense. It all kind of works together. I think it's very practical too, because nature gives us variety, right? It gives us variety. The, the, because we have everything so conveniently available year round in Mm -hmm. a regular grocery store. The problem with that is that since everything is always available, nothing is ever new. Nothing is ever fresh. And I find that it's much easier for people to fall into those food ruts where if you are shopping at a co-op or you're shopping at a farmer's market or a CSA or something where the supply of the food in those places is reliant on the seasonality. And they might carry some other things, but that will be absolutely reflected in the price. Like if you see a strawberry in the middle of December in your farmer's market or your co-op, it's probably going to be 7 or $8. And right. it's, you know, that's a clear indication. Okay, this doesn't grow here this time of year. Yeah. Um, but the variety of foods change season to season. And even if you feel like by the end of, I don't know, November, if you see another apple, you're going to, you know, right. you're going to hurl. Well, then we have pomegranates. We have, you know, mm-hmm. other we have cranberries, we have, mm-hmm. and then we have the return of the citrus. We have these things that come, they grow certain times of year for a reason so that we naturally should be getting those nutrients when our bodies physically need them more to go along with the weather cycles, but also when we're emotionally done with certain foods, nature tells us, okay, time to move on now. Yeah. And here we are entering the winter season, which some people get really stumped on. All right. You're you're saying eat by the seasons. What am I eating in the winter? for real? So we look at, you know, the foods, the root vegetables that we can preserve for a long time during the winter, the alliums, the onions, the garlic, all those foods that boost immunity, the spices like the ginger and turmeric that, again, you can preserve for a really long time over the winter. And then getting in some of those really rich fats. So the avocados, the raw nuts and seeds, the coconut oils, the, you know, the rich fats and oils and organic butters, and maybe you know, I, I think our climate probably doesn't have avocados during the winter, but no, getting a few but... of those things in and allowing for those exceptions, I think is totally fine as long sure. as you're being true to what you want the outcome to be and, and how you want to focus your diet for that season. So winter, it's those spice-rich foods, the warm cooked foods that are easier to digest, 
um, the, you know, the healthy fats, the, the digestion supporting foods. So maybe you've done some fermentation and you mm -hmm. have some raw sauerkraut. I mean, if you don't have as many of the fresh fruits, for example, obviously we have citrus, which is wonderful for immunity and for uh, lymph flow and all of that during the winter when we're more stagnant. But there's just so much that you can do with even the foods that are more limited in season in the winter. Such a good point. So important. And, you know, it's interesting because in the winter time, you mentioned how the fermented foods, if we are making like, a, you know, a root vegetable fermented slaw or raw, raw sauerkraut or something like that. Those are so necessary year round, but especially during the wintertime, because in the wintertime, you think about it, I mean, our bodies naturally kind of contract and are less likely to want to let go of toxins as much. It's There's Very less true. expansiveness. There's less kind of, ah, mm -hmm. let's just let go when you're kind of like hunkering down, like, oh my God, it's so cold. Like that's, right. that's I have layers on uh -huh. and I have my fire burning in the next room oh, but boy. I have a crock of my uh homemade sauerkraut that I made it, it actually I, I made it months ago yeah but I made it ahead of time those store in the refrigerator for a really long mm -hmm. time too which I think is a, another great point because you don't have to worry about making these things every single day you can make them ahead of time and preserve mm -hmm. them in your mason jars or preserve them with fermentation or other means and have them ready for you when you need them. Yeah. So let's get back to the book. I want also to just point out that what I love most about this book, and I gave this as a gift to someone who expressed wanting to feel healthier, but really expressing that she didn't want to do the hard parts of the journey leading up to that. Now, no journey is always easy. We, we, we all know that. And there, you know, there aren't always shortcuts, but there are some shortcuts that people who have kind of traveled a similar journey ahead have discovered and can then teach other people so that they don't have to go through as much of a learning curve. And I feel like what your book does, what Eat Pretty Every Day does so successfully is breaks it down into one thing you can do every day. Yeah. One thing, not even one whole meal or one detox or one <laughs> fitness regimen or skincare regimen. This is one action every day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you mentioned, um, you know, the Eat Pretty series and it has become a series, but in no way was it intended to be. So it's kind of grown very organically. And when I first released Eat Pretty, I started hearing from women really around the world who were telling me this is so impactful. This has changed my relationship with food. I love this. I want this to be my lifestyle, but I need more ideas. What do I eat for breakfast? Um, what should I do, you know, in the evening when I'm bored and I'm snacking? What what do I do for self-care? And I just wanted to keep throwing ideas at them. And that's kind of where the idea for this book came right away was I just need to give a whole bunch of ideas, you know, 365. When I originally pitched the book, I was like, maybe 200, you know, 365 seemed like a lot. But when you start listing it out and you realize one digestible idea every day, there really are hundreds out there. So the whole idea behind this book was to give you hundreds of ideas, not all of which will speak to you, but some of them will. And if you can incorporate one or a half a dozen or 25, you know, into your daily lifestyle, little by little, those make such a big difference in the long run. And that was really my goal was just to, to kind of flood 
women with ideas so that something would stick and something would feel easy and accessible. But flooding, yes, because there are 365, but in a very easy to digest and curated way, which, which is so great because literally, I mean, you could just open to one page and find that inspiration just like, okay, if I get this one thing done today, I'm good. Exactly. And that, that I think just cuts so much of the pressure out for so many people. And, um, I think we talked about this in the interview with Megan Flat a few weeks ago, that if we can help people get one, one small win, that just helps propel them to the next step. And this book is just one small win after one small win after one small win and, you know, get through even half of it. And it's like, winner, it's, it's amazing uh, how you know, small I, changes I add up. The idea, and I love the concept of like a devotional of something that I can just take, you know, a few minutes, three minutes every day to kind of clear my mind and focus on. And so that obviously was part of the inspiration for this too, because I do find, and I know you feel the same way, like your life is so busy. It's so packed. You're a mama CEO. You've got so much going on. And so these ideas are, are tested. If these can work for me. <laughs> they can work for a, a lot of women out there. Not everyone, but I think they are things that are easy, easy to incorporate and I hope that are inspiring and there's a little bit of something for everyone. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for putting it together in such a user-friendly format. It's not that your other books aren't user-friendly because they are, but this, this is my favorite, I have to tell yeah. you. Oh, um, thank you. So, but I, I also just want to point out, because we've talked a lot about food today. Mm -hmm. This is not just about food. This is beyond right. food. In fact, I think this book, you know, Eat Pretty goes beyond food and there are chapters on your hormone balance and your digestion and your sleep. But I think this one goes even further because we there's a lot of focus on on mindset and emotions. And there's even focus on some, you know, physical activity. And I try to bring a lot of that in there. I mean, there are entire categories in this book that only focus on self-care and mantras and mindset and things that I think are, are super important. If you are building a lifestyle that is going to be a lifestyle that enables you to look and feel your best, that these are essential elements. And that a lot of women get so focused on the nutritional aspect that they forget there's so much that they can do to get their head in it, to nourish their spirit, to make sure that they are cared for in a way that their body, you know, supports them in that the hormone balance and the positive moods. And there's just so much behind mindset and wellness and mindset and the way that you actually look physically, I think it really kind of creates your reality in some sense, which sounds a little bit deep and maybe strange. But I think when we talk about beauty, the way you feel has a lot to do with it. It's so true. And we are totally speaking the same language. And a yeah. lot of people listening and watching also are, you know, learning to speak this language for themselves too. And I know when I work with women who are dealing with some self-confidence issues because of skin or because, you know, something has happened in their lives that has changed their bodies, whether it's an illness or a transition in some way or a very stressful or traumatic event, right. it really, it really affects us deeply. So even though someone might know intellectually, I have to eat these foods to look mm -hmm. better and feel better. I have to use these products to look better. If there's still, if those deeper feelings are not first 
addressed. And if, if, if some work is not done there, then the results are not going to be as long lasting. And for me, when I made mindset shifts in the fact that I don't want to live like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to model that behavior for my daughters at all. That's interesting. Yeah. Once I came to that conclusion for myself and not to sound like, you know, a a TV commercial, but Mm -hmm. we are worth all of this effort. Each and every single one of us is worth it. Right. And if we're not going to do it for ourselves, who are we going to do it for? Right. Mm -hmm. It has to start with ourselves and that's not selfish. Yeah. And it is, it is for them, but it's also, it has to be for us. And once you kind of make that list of, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not even, I shouldn't, or I can't, it's, I'm not gonna, and I don't wanna. Mm -hmm. Once you make it a choice for yourself rather than a should, the rest of it begins to then fall into place. And I'm not saying it's all easy peasy, but tools like your book here really do help to facilitate that process wherever you're at when you start. Right. So I, I think really so true. thank you for that. It's it's well, really solid. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that's, you know, that's such an inspiration to me too, to hear, you know, you having gone through that, setting those goals and getting your, your head behind it and how much that really helps you in your journey. Absolutely. Well, Jolene, tell us um, where we can find you online. Of course, we have the Nutritional Aesthetics Alliance, which is yeah. our professional organization that we have co-founded with Mm -hmm. Tisha Palmer, where we are advancing an integrative approach to healthy skin. Um, But you also have your website, which is beautyiswellness.com. Am I? Or jolenehart.com. They both are the same. And you can find information about all three books on there. And you can find me on social media at Jolene Hart on Twitter and Instagram. And Facebook is also beauty is wellness, like you said. Excellent. And I'm going to put a link to all of that as well as to where people can get the book in the blog post that accompanies this interview on rachelpontillo.com. So Jolene, is there anything that you want to wrap up with before we sign off for today? This is such a great time to not just set resolutions, but like you said, create some mindset shifts and use a tool like Eat Pretty Every Day, like so many of the other books that are out there now to really make this new year, this new season, what you want it to be. So I hope that you'll do that for yourself. And then maybe you'll carve out time for a winter beauty retreat. That's kind of one of the suggestions in the book. But is there a a day or a few hours that you can take to really help your body to rest and rejuvenate this season? Because that will help your spring to be that much more beautiful if you can honor that period of rest this season. So I hope that this book and all the other resources out there will help to inspire that. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for being here and for sharing your story and for sharing your philosophy and your brand new book, Eat Pretty, every day. And I cannot wait to share this with everyone. (laughs) And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for your support, Rachel. You are the absolute best. And I'm so honored to be here. You're the best. You're going to have to come back and talk to us again soon. Anytime. All right. Hello again. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thanks again to Jolene Hart for being my guest and for sharing your beautiful book, Eat Pretty, every day with us. I'm so excited to continue to recommend this to you and to my clients. It is really an excellent 
resource and I love that I have a copy in my own library. So thanks again, Jolene. It is a fantastic book. If you want to learn more about Jolene Hart, head on over to her website at JoleneHart.com. And of course, I encourage you to come to my website at RachelPontillo.com. Leave a comment on the blog. You can also click over from there to purchase your copy of Eat Pretty Every Day. But before you do anything else, I hope you will subscribe to my YouTube channel, share this video with your friends, and also subscribe to my iTunes channel. Thanks again. I will be back soon with another interview. This is Rachel Pontillo, and I wish you a beautiful day.